My name is Dante Marrufo. If you are a visitor to the church, which I know many of you are, uh, I'm the pastor for this church, and uh, I'm glad that you are here. And today we are going to talk about uh, the title is just giving the whole theme away. You know, the Lord of the fellowship is not the ring of the fellowship, nothing to do with the, with the movie, nothing to do with all of that, but just has to do with fellowship. And we are going to open our Bibles in 1 John chapter 1. And we are going to only study four verses for today, which is going to be the first part of that uh, book. And next Sabbath we are going to start, I mean, study another part of that book. 1 John chapter 1, verses 1, 2, 3, and 4. The first two are verses who are trying, John is trying to explain, said something to you and me. And I'm going to go really fast through all of that because I don't want to really stop there and emphasize or spend some time in, in, in those verses. But there are some things that I want you to also remember in those verses. Verse number one, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen, with our eyes, which we have looked at, at, and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, we have seen it, and testified it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. When you read it just like that, you get kind of like, huh? What's that? What, what are you talking about? It goes well, coming back and forward. I'm going to read it again, and I'm going to stop a few times. That which was from the beginning, the beginning. It's talking about something, he's not saying a person yet, it's talking about something that has been from the beginning. And when you read that word beginning, it's not about the beginning of this planet. It's not about the beginning of your life or the beginning of the church. It's just the beginning, like way sometime in the past. The beginning. When was that beginning? You don't know. I don't know because I'm a human being and I'm 43 years old and before that my mom was born and before that my grandpa was born and I'm probably going to die a few years more. I still have, a, I'm young, so I'm going to last probably another 30 years. I don't know. And I'm good health, so I think, and I try to run just by trying to run, but not running, I think it makes me healthy. I don't know. I'm trying all the time, kind of like thinking. I'm positive. I know I can do it. I don't do it, but I can do it. Talking about something, well, that's the theological part that I'm not going to spend time right now. But then he keeps saying, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes. Well, if you've seen something, it needs to be with your eyes, right? We, we have seen with, with Bob's eye or with John's eyes, no. We have seen with our eyes, with our own eyes. And then keeps moving and says, uh, which we have looked at and our hands have touched. Let me stop that for a few seconds there. What John is trying to tell you is this, very simple. Whatever he's talking about in that Bible, in that Bible text, if it is a thing or a person, he's saying, you know what? That thing, that person, whatever it is, it used to be a long time ago there. 
And that thing, suddenly now, I can see it, I can hear, and I can look at, like this, and touch. The only way I can explain that to you, what do you mean, is when I met my wife. Yes, you probably will say, what does it have to do with, we know, Pastor, at the end you're going to talk about Christ and all of that. What has to do with that? Well, those steps about hearing, seeing, looking at, and touching, I can only use as a good example when I met my wife for the first time. Somebody came to me, another Peruvian lady, because I'm Peruvian, and says, I know a good, young, beautiful, healthy woman for you. Like, healthy, okay. I know someone, and you are going to like it. And then this person starts telling me, you know, she's like this and that and here and there. And I hear all of those things. It's like, I start imagining, like, wow, okay. Must be like, uh, wow. I mean, I can't even imagine, I guess, but... Oh, she must be really beautiful, good. I mean, all those things. And then from far away, one day she says, Pastor, come here. Well, I wasn't a pastor. Dante, come here. There she is. I seen it. I heard first about her. Now I seen it. And I'm here like, oh, that's her. Yeah. Oh, wow. And then I get close to her, and I see how beautiful she is. I see how nice she is. And now I'm here like I look at, like. <laughs> and like the Bible text says, after all the process of hearing, seeing, and then like, uh, I go like, eh, nice meeting you. You want to tell me? She's like, yeah, who are you? My name is Dante. Now I have touched it. That thing or person that John is talking about is very much, he went through that process. And you go through that process of hearing, then probably seeing it, and then you are kind of like amazed, ah, and then you want to feel it, you want to touch it. That's only the first verse. The second one, oh sorry, he continues saying, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. Now, he's talking about that thing and said, okay, all of that I'm telling you concerning about that thing, that that thing or person, I'm not yet telling you who it is. You already know. It's the word of life. And he keeps going. Listen to this. The life appeared. The word of life, the life appeared. We have seen it. Again, he goes with that. We have seen it. And testify it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life. There are three things in those three or two verses. Beginning, that's the theological thing. The word of life, that's the theological part also. And the eternal life. You are going to know in a few seconds, and you are going to discover, and by now, you know. That he's talking about Christ. Nobody else, and this is the theological part that I'm not going to get into and I'm going to tell you simple. Nobody else can give you eternal life. Nobody else can give you life. And nobody else can be eternal other than Christ. Other than God. Other than the one who is all of that. 
That's why he's talking. But the beauty of all of, I mean, about all of that is that he's not only telling you those little bitty things of theological things that you need to know, but he's telling you, guys, yes, you probably know about all of that. Yes, you probably have to study, but I have seen it. I heard, I touch, I know the person. That's why now today, if he will be here, I mean, if John will be here, he will say, that's why now today I can tell you something about that person. And that's the message for you and me. Because he doesn't stop there in number, verse number two. After saying, we proclaim to you the eternal life, but now he keeps moving. The verse number two, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. And that's the part that everybody knows. Adam Martin says, I know who you are talking about. The one that appears to you. The one that, 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 that came from the Father. I know who you're talking about. That is Jesus. Not, and he's not my Hispanic friend. Even that many Hispanics, we call them Jesus or Chuy. But it's about Christ, Jesus. The one who came from heaven for you and me. The one who came from heaven and appeared to us. The one who is going to give you eternal life. The one who is going to give you life. The one who died on the cross for you and me. Verse number three. This is where it gets better. I like this part. We leave all of the other part behind. Let's just talk about this section. We proclaim to you that we have seen and hear so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son. Who? Let's stop right there. This is the part that I like. The other one is like a this and that and here. Okay, you know that part. It was even hard for me to try to tell you exactly that. But now let's talk about that part. Now he's saying in verse number three, and I'm going to read again. We proclaim to you that we have seen and heard so that you may have fellowship. Fellowship. In Spanish, I learned a word, my first word in, word in English uh, so no English. In Spanish, but Greek, when you study Greek, it was koinonia. Do you know what's that? Koinonia. Koinonia. Have you heard something similar in English? What? Where, where's the guy? Who, who's the one? Don't hide. What's that? Canami? Canopy? Economy? Koinonia, which in Spanish I was trying to get, how do you pronounce that in English? They, they, they have the word. How do you pronounce it? There's the, there's the smart lady. I'm sorry, can you repeat that again? Quinonia. I like that. So it's, it's, it's not that much different. It's just the qua and then koi, qua, koi, qua, koi. Quinonia. Okay. That Greek word. That means relationship that is used in here was used by the Greek people only to refer 
about a relationship between men. Let me tell you this. Bob, come here. You can help me. I always use somebody from the church. Or maybe I should use a visitor. Right? That would be nice. Yeah, that would be like. Well, I'm kind of like that. Can you just put your arm over here? This is the practical view of koinonia. How are you? Let's just walk together. Hey, man, you know what happened last time? You see this? Thank you. How many times you see, you see like your pastor at your church going around with the elder? Hey, how are you? Yes. How was the game? Koinonia, when they use it in the Greek word, not only means fellowship, but also means, for men, it means bonding. How can you do that with men? How can women do that? Or women born like, <laughs> let me tell you what. <laughs> and you're kind of, and men, we don't understand about what, is something wrong? No, my little kid just is walking, the baby's walking the first time. Why are you crying? You're supposed to be happy. I'm so emotional. We do bonding in a different way. Hey, yeah, yeah, hey. Nobody understands that. You go around like, hey, yeah, yeah, hmm, yeah, hmm. We hug like this, you know, we'll, how are you, brother? We leave it here in the middle. You, hey, hey. Bonding. But for that to happen, doesn't need to happen only once in a while. They used to spend time together. They used to bond. They used to have a relationship. They used to have koinonia. They used to spend all that time. And here what John is telling you is that so that you also may have fellowship with us, but he doesn't stop there. He says, and, you, and our fellowship is with the Father and the Son, Jesus Christ. The first person that brought the idea of koinonia or koinonia or the idea of relationship the first person that brought that idea was Christ. What are you talking about, Pastor? You are a disciple of Christ in those days. You are just meeting Christ for the first time. You know about God. And the only thing you know about God is that he is God. Yahweh, Jehovah, he is God of Israel. God. And suddenly, in this sight, Appears Christ telling you, he is not only God, he is your father. He breaks the whole idea. What are you talking? He's my father. He is your father and he wants to spend time with you. That changes the whole thing. Because if I'm here and I apply koinonia, koinonia only to men to have a good relationship with men, all of that. Suddenly, you, Jesus Christ, are coming to tell me that all of that, oh, ah, ee, oh, all of that, I can also express it with God, with Christ. Isn't that weird? That's really weird. Because many of us, we don't have that kind of mentality. Many of us, when we talk about God, that's why we have this idea. You go sometimes, we are before the presence of God. And that's real. It's true. But there are going to be moments where you cannot just walk. 
there are moments that you, you are going to be walking with God. You are going to be walking with Christ if you are you know, holding hands. You are, that's why you keep finding all these pictures of Christ extending hands. I mean hands, hugging people, healing, being with people. That's who Jesus Christ is. And if he reflects the image of God, that's who God is. And if he, if God has that, I mean, is trying to give you that kind of image, parents, you have to reflect that kind of image with your kids because they learn from you. I stay in my house a few times during the week by myself. When everybody leaves, my wife psh, go to work. My kids, psh, they go to, to, uh, to the academy. And I stay at home. I read my Bible. I do some other things. I try to have my devotion. And I go outside to the patio. And I remember trying to do something one day. Trying to do something one day. I have three dogs. One of them is, can, is not really my dog, but is living in my house. Don't ask me. It's kind of <laughs> weird relationship. But our house is really open for, for dogs like that. <laughs> the other two are really our dogs. Uh, a Taquito, Chihuahua dog, his name is Taquito. And then the other one, we see Chiquita, and it's a mix of lab and a Greyhound. Weird looking dog, but it's a beautiful dog. I like it. With Greyhound and lab, you know, it's kind of mixed. But anyway, and one day just being there, reading a little bit more, and I was thinking about that and all of that. I do this thing because I was there in the, in, in my, uh, the dining room. They're sitting. I was looking outside through the window, and I see the dogs, and I bring one of them. I bring Taquito, and he comes. You know, you open the door, they go in, moving the tail, like that, and he's around. And then, you know, it's fun. They go around like three, ten times. They sit. Can you imagine we do this here at church every time we sit, like go like that in the, in the pew? Sit. My sit. So he went around like that and he sits right there. And I tried to do something weird, yes. I started talking to the dog. I don't know how many of you talk to your dog sometimes. Or maybe to your little bird, to your parrot or something. Hi, hi. I don't know, the parrot, I don't know. But the dog, the cat, oh, you can't talk to the cat. But the dog, and you know what? The dog was listening to me. I don't know. I had a piece of French toast in my hand, and I was talking. So I don't know if he really was looking at me or the French toast. I was like, you know, Taquito? <laughs> Moving around. And I just talked to him. I said, I tried to establish this weird relationship between human and dog. Talking. The dog, this, I mean, the dog didn't answer me back. He just moved his tail. I was telling to the dog some things that sometimes those things are hard in my life. He keeps moving his tail. I talked to him about maybe something that had to do with the Bible. He keeps moving his tail. All the time that I tried to express something to him, he keeps moving his tail. That's all he did. Is that a relationship? Is that what happened in your life? We were created 
to have a relationship not only among us, we were created to have fellowship not only among us, but with God. And God is not a God that you talk and he's moving his tail. He is a God that he answers you back. He is a God that he cares about you. He is a God that he's waiting for you to have a relationship starting today, the day of Sabbath. He stops everything so he can hear. He can listen to you. He can talk to you back. But sometimes we forget about that part. If we compare that to your relationship with your husband or wife, if we talk about men when you are tired and you come back to the house and the wife says, how are you? And you said, I'm fine, I'm tired. And you ask the question, how are you? She starts telling you what happens at 7 o'clock in the morning, 8, 9, 10, 11, 1, 2. Three, four, then she starts for a break, and then she goes for five, <laughs> six. And what happened with us? What time she's going to finish? <laughs> she's having a relationship, but we are tired to sit there and listen. We don't have time to listen. And she asks a question, we are sure and to the point. Yes, no, okay, maybe, yeah, done. God is a God of fellowship and relationship. He wants to bond with you. He wants to have communion with you. He wants to spend time with you on the table when you are driving, when you go to work. When you go to visit the neighbor, he wants to spend time with you. God is a God of fellowship, communion, bonding. Why? The answer is given in the last verse, verse number four. We write this, this, to make our joy complete. You see, we usually think that if we find joy, if you are a boy, you think, oh, this girl's name is Joy. It's not about that. If we find joy, your happiness is complete. I found the girlfriend of my life. Joy, my life is complete. It's not. Sometimes we think that you are going to find joy by getting the right things in life. Oh, I need a brand new car, the latest of the latest, the one that drives by itself. I don't have to do anything. Look at that. Woo, it's driving. Sense of celebrity. Oh, wow. I mean, we think we find joy in things, buying the latest of the latest. We think we find joy by finding the right person. We think we find joy by finding the right church. We think we find joy by following the right pastor. We think we find joy in all of those places and everything else that you can imagine. But in order for you to have complete joy is for you and me to have a relationship with Christ. 
That changes everything. Doesn't matter what kind of car I have. Doesn't matter what kind of house I have. Doesn't matter what kind of church I have. Joy is complete when I have my relationship with Christ. My fellowship straight with God. When I have my bonding with the Son of God. You and me are never going to be joyful and happy if we don't have a relationship with him. No wonder why you find these people. I always mention sad faces, wacky. They call themselves Christians. They call themselves Adventists. But they don't have the joy. And if they don't have the complete joy, it's because they have not found the name of Christ in their lives. They have not invited God into their lives so God can fill their hearts. So when you go through trouble and problems, God is there. That when you go through issues in your life, Christ is there. That when you make a mistake, the cross of Christ who died there and is not there anymore is there. God wants to have fellowship with you and me. God wants to have fellowship with you and me. Now my question it will be to finish before you guys fall asleep. Because look at my back. Huh? Kind of weird. Let, let, let them look. Now the question is going to be, it feels weird, huh? Now you know what they feel. The question is going to be, please just look at me, don't look at me anyway. The question is going to be, if you have the opportunity to have a fellowship with God, like a friend bonding, what are you going to do with him? That's the problem, because then we say, wow, pastor, you said that. Now what? He's God, he's big. He's mighty, all-powerful. What do we do together? We don't know what to do. You know, I want to recommend you to hear the voice of God first. If we don't have time, if we don't make time to hear the voice of God first, you're not going to know what to do. For me, it could be something different than it is for you. Bonding with God could be something totally different that you have in your mind, whatever you have there. Oh, bonding with God is just playing tea time? I don't know. Maybe I'm going to the extreme. But you have to hear the voice of God first. And for that, you need to make time for him. You see, to finish, when I was here listening to the band playing and the kids singing, they all were doing something good as a team. They were playing different instruments. Can you play just something? Just something. Just play it. Yeah. Anything. Anything. Isn't that beautiful? Awesome. I can do that. What do you, you have? What kind of instrument you have? You don't have an instrument? What about you? You, you play anything. <laughs> anything. Woo! Wow! Isn't that awesome? What about the teenager in the back? The one with gray hair? <laughs> oh, he's there. All of these guys were singing, sorry, playing something. And these guys were singing. A voice, just anything. Oh, wow! What about you? You, you. All of them were doing something together. 
Just like the church do something together. But you shouldn't see the person here and the other guy, the, the other director was here. The faces that they were making. You have to see it. Just, just come, 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 come for a minute. Come for a minute. Come on, come on. Come on, just, just do it. Something that people don't see. This is the opportunity for them to see you. Come on. The face, just do the face. What kind of faces you do? I know the faces he does. You see? You shouldn't see the faces that these people are doing. I'm fair. And they're like, oh, he's looking at me serious. And God is trying to call your attention. We are a church, we are a family. And God is trying to tell you, look, listen to me. You have to do something. Hey, listen, you're playing the wrong note. You're going the wrong way. Listen to me. And he's trying. I compare the same thing, like, ooh, doing faces. Can you imagine if they ignore him? I mean, ignore the directors. Who cares? <laughs> they start playing la cucaracha. They start playing something else. But they all pay attention, and they learn through practice, through hours of, where's the other director? Is he hiding? What's his name? His last name? Where, where is he? He's hiding. Mr. Coffee? <laughs> He's an Adventist. Okay. It's fine. There he is. Oh. <laughs> where's the cup? No, okay. You see. How many hours you spend with them? Three hours a week. Three hours a week with them. And with all the bunch and more probably. Thank you. Thank you. Go back to your coffee time. <laughs> he spends three hours. This other one spends more. I mean, just think about it. Having all of them, they establish a relationship knowing that every time he does, okay, everybody be quiet. I established a relationship with my wife that every time she looked at me seriously, that's like, oh, she doesn't have to say anything. You and I have to establish a relationship that God doesn't need to be doing this. You only need to look at him and he's going to be telling you, not like this, like, <laughs> kind of like telling you what's going on with you. Hello. And you have to get it because he wants to get fellowship with you. God is going to keep doing that all the time. God, he's never is going to stop doing that with you. If something gets broken, if we don't get to have that fellowship with him, if that doesn't happen, it's not because God stops doing it. It's because we Ignore God. And John is trying to call to our attention by saying, I wrote this because I know you want to have joyful, I mean, a joyful life. I know you want to be happy. You want to be happy, complete? Do what you need to do. That message is for me and that's for you. That message is for all of you parents and for all of you kids. The message is the same. God wants to have fellowship. He is the Lord of communion. 
He is the Lord of relationships. He is the Lord of bonding. Let's do something about it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, at this moment, oh Lord, we want to praise your name. Because you never stop calling, sending signals, doing faces in front of us so we can pay attention to you. We praise your name because you always try to reach. You always, are you always try to call to our attention. And it's time for us to realize that to have a healthy church, to have a healthy family, a healthy life, to be complete, we need to have fellowship with the Son, with the Father. We need to have communion with you. Help us to learn and take control of our lives to allow for you to get into our hearts and change our lives. Bring us the joy, complete joy, so we can show to others, so we can reflect to others that God is not someone who is dead. God is alive. Christ is alive. Help us to give the living testimony of a joyful life to our life. In Jesus' name, we want to ask all of this. Amen.